Hello and welcome to a new episode of Pat's Chat. Today I have an awesome guest joining me from India. It's Anuj Kulkarni. Uh, hi Anuj, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing well, uh, Pat. Uh, hope it is uh, good for you too. All good here so far. Uh, I know that you told me before you're still in lockdown phases in India. Mm -hmm, that's right. Okay, how, how long is that going on already? Uh, it's a uh, little more than four months now. About four months, total lockdown. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, let's come back to that a little bit later, how you survived that time. Uh, first of all, uh, as always, I would like to know a little bit uh, more about yourself. Um, so how, how do you see yourself as a person? How would you describe yourself? Sure. Uh, in terms of my background, uh, I mean, I'm... I come from a very humble background, you know, a family of uh, teachers and uh, artists, musicians, specific. Yeah. And uh, grew up in a middle class family uh, in Mumbai, born and brought up in Mumbai. And um, in the early 90s, you know, when the internet was flourishing all over the world, uh, that is the time I actually picked up uh, IT, you know, as my career choice. And very early in my career, I also uh, uh, got certified and educated in uh, the software world, uh, to say so. And that also gave me opportunity to practice not only technology, but also look at the uh, people's side of, uh, you know, how people uh, adopt and use technology. Mm -hmm. So early 90s till say about 25, 26 years so far, I have seen probably three or four generations of IT and how it has, you know, transformed the world. Yeah, so that's a little bit brief about myself. Okay, cool. I have traveled. Yeah, thank you, yeah, thank you very sure. much. Yeah. Sure. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I, let's come to that right away. I, I know you travel quite a lot for the company you started working. Um, I'm not sure there's an infotech uh, company. Uh, you were mm -hmm. a, product, a project manager of uh, learning and uh, content management. Um, so yeah. in the in the oil and gas field, that's also interesting to know. So. Yeah, you traveled a lot. U.S., uh, Europe, Singapore, I noted here. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's been a fantastic journey. I mean, uh, uh, so I, I was working for uh, one of the uh, big organizations in India called uh, Lawson and Tobro Infotech. They're an IT division. And uh, I got an opportunity to travel to the U.S. Uh, for one of the leading uh, oil and gas you know, uh, company in the U.S., uh, uh, way back in uh, uh, 2003, 2004, to be very specific, about 15 years back, I say so. And that was a, a new journey, if I say so, in my career, you know, in terms of uh, doing IT in uh, the oil and gas industry. Uh, and that also helped me get a perspective on how the uh, legacy businesses work, you know, not only in India, also in the US and how they're using technology to transform themselves into you know, the new culture and the new transformation that is happening. Mm -hmm. uh, while in the US, uh, I have uh, stayed there for almost 10 years, spent a lot of time there uh, on various projects, uh, various clients, various culture, uh, you know, and meeting a lot of new people, which otherwise I was not doing when I was in India. And that has transformed me as a person individually and also the kind of uh, learnings I got you know 
by getting exposed to uh, that environment mm-hmm. so that is the first lesson uh, that i probably can share with everyone that if you want to learn uh, travel a lot you know travel uh, to I... different cities travel to different countries and even if you traveled a lot globally if you wish to come back to your home country like i did in the year 2014 that's also okay but uh, traveling uh, gives you a lot of perspective about uh, not only technology but different people different cultures and uh, different uh, you know uh, way of living mm-hmm. things yeah yeah so that's so probably, what, yeah so what, what is the first thing when you went the uh, first time overseas to us uh, and worked there you know you will stay there a couple of months or years uh, whatever was the plan but what was your first Im- impression what was uh, things that shocked you or surprised you when you arrived there yeah interesting question yeah uh so the first time in the us uh, even if you look at uh, uh people in general you know the way people uh, live there work there uh there's a lot of uh, uh you know awareness in people about uh, what they do how they do it and uh, how they also adopt technology so uh being obviously a country like uh, uh, the americas uh, they are advanced you know, they adopt things very quickly as compared to developing countries like you know india uh, so that's the first thing you know the way people live and work uh, is very different there uh, in a situation like current uh, pandemic uh, we are kind of forced to work from home but in the us uh, it is a norm a lot of people work flexibly work from anywhere uh, i'm talking when 15 years mm-hmm. back you know? oh okay yeah. for mm-hmm. them yeah so for them this may not be a big disruption that, you know suddenly you are not going to office and working from home but for someone in india uh, it's a very different uh, you know a way to work from home mm. so that's the first thing uh, second uh, people there are very very uh, empathetic you know so if you walk down the street and you know uh, you ask for help or you know something that is going on even when i have my younger son you know was born and uh, he was there with me people uh, who cross you you know meet you at restaurants or in cafes uh, they talk to you you know mm-hmm. with respect to where you come from you know what religion you are uh, they are very open and they talk to you so that's the second thing that i like you know uh, be empathetic uh, talk to people uh, learn from the experiences it's not did not always have to be like work it can also be about life in general uh, mm, the place yeah. where you stay the place where you, you know shop the place okay. where you uh, go for say picnics or whatever so that's the <laughs> second lesson that yeah. i learned there the third lesson i learned there is uh, uh, you can really uh, uh, strive for making a work life balance yeah in other countries uh, the work takes out of priority than the you know personal life but uh, in the us also the challenge is there but uh, they are fairly balanced i would say a lot of importance is given to family uh, and the personal life it's not just work work and work uh, that's the third thing i learned there these are the things as i learned when i you know first time visited and being an observer and learner myself <laughs> i could see that differences yeah, yeah that really helped me change my perspective about huh. okay awesome thank thank you very much for for sharing that and so um 10 years uh, us and then uh, you moved to europe after that 
Uh, yeah, I see yeah. you were in, in other big uh, cities in Europe, uh, Berlin and Amsterdam. Uh, yeah. That must, must have an entire change again to what you saw or what you lived in 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 US. Absolutely, absolutely. Very different uh, from what it was in the US. But again, as I said, uh, uh, if you travel you know, to different countries, if you experience different cultures, different people, there's a lot to learn and, you know, uh, kind of... Uh, uh, you develop yourself as a person, you know. So when uh, in Berlin, I was there for a very short time because uh, the assignment for which I had gone to Berlin uh, actually moved from Berlin to Amsterdam. So that's the mm -hmm. change that happened uh, mm -hmm. in a yeah. few months' time. But even when I was there for a you know few months, uh, amazing you know amazing culture, amazing people. And what I learned there is uh, people really love and take pride in their own culture, their own language, and uh, you know. The things that they do in uh, Germany, yeah? and which is a very good thing. Uh, when I come back to India, I mean, uh, people think uh, you know you should adopt the European or American culture. Uh, although you can, there are a lot of benefits to that, or even the Asian culture for that matter. But uh, mm -hmm. your roots, or you know where you belong, I think mm -hmm. also plays a very very important role. That's something I learned when I was in uh, Germany and uh, Netherlands. Uh, uh, which was, you know, I was in Amsterdam. Uh, again, uh, in terms of European uh, culture, not very different. Uh, but uh, people there are very open, very, very helpful, very open to new ideas. And uh, people there would also go beyond their call of duty to help other people. Yeah. So as a migrant worker going to Amsterdam, you know, a newcomer coming there, uh, I was assured very warmly. And I was also, you know, supported and uh, assisted by a lot of people, not only at work, but also in general, my neighborhood where I stayed. Mm -hmm. so that's a very different, uh, you know, experience that I received in the Europe. Very warm people, uh, very supportive. Yeah, they take pride in their culture, their language. Yeah, uh, although they are also, you know, global organizations, you know, organizations like Siemens, you know, organizations like Atos, for which I worked uh, when I was in India. Mm -hmm. So that's another piece of learning, you know, while being in the Europe. <laughs> okay, cool. And to finalize that, that journey for, for that company, uh, I also want to know, uh, you moved back to, to Asia, to, to Singapore for an assignment. Yeah. Uh, so let's close that circle. Uh, how, how was that? How was the final stage yeah. of that uh, big journey? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really a close circle because from Singapore, then I came back to India. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Singapore, uh, a different country. Uh, a small country, uh, but very developed, uh, very uh, good in terms of the law and order, you know, that they uh, believe in. Uh, being a small country, uh, uh, you're limited by the uh, options there, but the public transport is very good. They can uh, mutually, you know, virtually go anywhere across uh, Singapore and, uh, you know, you can work, you can learn, you can have fun. Uh, what I saw different in Singapore is uh, a lot of uh, different cultures and different uh, people from around the world who actually come and work in Singapore. Yeah, so uh, it's kind of a congregation or you know a place where you can meet diverse set of people. Yeah, yeah. It probably may not be that uh, easy in other countries. Yes, <laughs> but Singapore is probably one place where you know uh, you see the diversity uh, at work as well as the places where you know I live, so that's a very very good thing. Uh, Singapore is very uh, structured and very developed country. 
Yeah, so that's another thing which a lot of people don't know. And uh, third thing, obviously, it's a financial hub for a lot of agencies. Yeah, and uh, being in the oil and gas, uh, you know, industry and being working in that field, it was amazing to uh, see how Singapore has made themselves, you know, like a mm. central district for uh, both oil and gas and the financial, uh, you know, companies of the world. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, again, thanks for for sharing that. And I see you have like really a lot of learning that 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 you took your experience from from these different countries. Now, when we when we uh, put that all together, and um, you were in in the the management of of learning, how how would you say that this? Um, how, which were the most significant changes in the learning approach of the different countries or or areas? Um, or mm-hmm. can we say, well, it's no, it's all the same everywhere. Uh, no, there are differences. In fact, uh, if time permits, probably so one day I'll write some research paper on, you know, how learning is done, uh, you know, in different countries. Okay. So that's for a different uh, discussion, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's stick yeah. only a few minutes with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, but yeah, I mean, um, if I look at uh, countries like, uh, you know, India or probably most countries in Asia, uh, we are very tightly uh, ingrained into the uh, you know, classroom and uh, uh, having a teacher or a professor you know, who is uh, uh, imparting knowledge. Yeah. So we have someone who is experienced, who probably has attained uh, a level of maturity in a subject, and they generally become the, the coaches or teachers for you uh, when it comes to education or even in the professional uh, life. If you go to countries like the US or Europe, uh, you probably don't feel that. You know, a lot of people who may not be as experienced or, you know, uh, not like those professors or coaches, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, because of the experience and exposure that they get in those countries, they adopt to new things very quickly. And you can learn from even a teenager, you know, or even someone who is of your age mm-hmm. yeah, being in this country. So that's okay. barrier of, uh, you know, education and learning from others. Uh, if I compare to a country like India, yeah. is uh, very very uh, you know less in other countries people mm-hmm. are very open you can learn from you know uh, 60 or 70 year old you can also learn from uh, you know 10 or 15 year old uh, teenager is, is that is that you think also a question of like um, the, the respect or the question of um, you would expect like someone older has more experience than someone younger and you you don't really trust a young guy can really teach you something valuable yeah, there's a big difference. And uh, I mean, I learned about a concept of uh, reverse mentoring you know, a few years back. And I actually see that being practiced uh, in other countries, uh, you know, like in America or Europe. Uh, so age really doesn't matter. Experience doesn't really matter. Uh, the kind of work that you have done, you know, both in personal or your work mm-hmm. life, uh, and your ability to share that with others, you know, that's the skill that everyone has to learn. Mm-hmm. So that really makes a difference. Okay. And that's what I learned from these. Yeah. In terms of the uh, technology that is used in learning, again, there are a lot of variations. Uh, but I, I would say that uh, technology has made it a leveling field for everyone. Mm-hmm. Technology has made things uh, easier. Uh, technology which has been adopted by different countries, different people, is kind of bringing people closer. And that gap is kind of narrowing you know, mm-hmm. in the learning and development space. Okay, okay. 
Okay, great. Thank, thanks a lot, uh, Anush. Um, let's let's move into uh, the topic that we uh, pre-discussed. We want to touch a little bit more on it today, besides the learning, and that is the the innovation, the innovative part, uh, the innovative mindset, uh, as you uh, as you call it. I know you're running some uh, webinars on that. Um, you're very experienced in that. Um, and uh, the first question, of course, I have is. Um, there's a lot of discussion going on. Okay, now the, the, the crisis that we have on a, on a global basis, that is the driver for most of the, of the innovate, uh, innovations, right? So companies have to innovate uh, now. Uh, and of course, we see a lot of products coming out. A lot of companies are really innovative. Um, so, so what is your point of view on, on that? I mean, of course, the crisis helped a lot. Um, but why do companies wait until there is a crisis to really be innovative? Yeah, that's a very, very important question. And I'm glad that you're asking that, you know. Uh, so here is my take on that, you know. Uh, if you look at the history, uh, all the crises you know, that have happened in the last 100 years, or maybe 200 years, you know, uh, crisis is the biggest teacher and the biggest uh, opportunity that we have, uh, you know, to do innovation at, uh, rapid pace, you know. So, in case of crisis, you will see a lot of companies trying to adopt, develop new practices, you know, develop new products, develop new solutions, and uh, because it is crisis and you have limited time, you know, the innovation quotient actually goes high, and a lot of people are trying to do that. But that doesn't mean innovation can only happen during crisis. Yeah, mm -hmm. it probably uh, gets more focus. It gets probably more dollars, you know, in terms of investment, and there is a strong need to innovate something faster uh, to come out of the crisis. But if you look at the history, otherwise also, uh, people have been innovating even otherwise, you know, and that is what even I cover when I talk about innovation mindset, or if I talk about design thinking as a methodology, and you know, to cover how do you innovate, you know, in a crisis situation. But uh, there is a uh, I mean, I believe uh, innovation is something anyone can do. Yeah, and there are two reasons why I say that. Uh, and nobody who has done innovation in the past, you know, if people take example of Steve Jobs, you know, Henry Ford, uh, you know, Elon Musk, and uh, you know, the likes of them. Uh, definitely, if you look at their backgrounds, you know, they probably are as good as all of us in this certain you know? uh, A humble, normal human being, you know, lived in a country with family, uh, have faced some challenges in their initial uh, you know, years. And uh, those challenges help them to look at how things can be done differently and innovate. Yeah? So the opportunity to innovate is for everyone. Uh, from the time we wake up in the morning you know, till the time we go to bed every day, if you look at our life you know, at work or even uh, in society otherwise, mm -hmm. uh, every moment and every place gives the opportunity to think about innovation. So that's what I'm trying to do, you know, make people aware that innovation is not something which is special that only people in the world can do. Okay. It's something that anyone, uh, if having the right mindset, uh, you know, can do. And okay. crisis, as I said, is opportunity, but innovation doesn't have to happen only during the crisis. Yeah, yeah, should, should not, right? We agree, we agree on that. But that's a very interesting uh, point. Now, you're saying uh, basically everyone can learn to be innovative. It's a, a skill that is really uh, learnable. But uh, I mean, of course, 
uh, I don't want you to give an entire like three days workshop right here, but uh, <laughs> high level, what, what's the, what is the approach? Where, where do you start with that? How can you really develop such a, a mindset? Yeah, very, very uh, targeted uh, question and I have a very targeted answer for that. Yeah. <laughs> so innovation happens in uh, uh, two ways, you know. One is uh, uh, there is a challenge or a problem that you are facing, you know, personally uh, at work, maybe, you know, with family or the places that you visit on a daily basis or maybe even during vacation. So that is either a personal problem for which you're trying to solve or find a, a solution or it is a problem of someone else uh, who is close to you or you know that somebody is facing this problem and therefore I need to do something about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, innovation uh, as a word, you know, sounds very, very creative and, you know, something that only some people can do. But if you look at the uh, definition of innovation, basically taking a new idea or a problem yeah, and applying a structured methodology uh, to solve it. And very importantly, while you solve it, you're also looking at uh, making some money or revenue out of it. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So people who take up innovation as a practice or as a job, uh, they most of the time forget this particular perspective. Innovation is not about being creative. It is being creative, taking up a problem, looking at possible solutions to it. And if I'm the person who is going to solve that problem, I also have to look at how do I solve the problem in order to also make some benefit out of it. Now, the benefit always need not be in terms of dollars. It could also be in terms of, you know, what what is the achievement for you? I just feel happy that I'm helping someone to get a solution for the problem. Mm -hmm. Or a social course, right? Cases, yeah. mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And most cases, it is something, uh, if you look at the uh, enterprises and organizations of today, uh, they're looking at, uh, you know, solving the core problems. At the same time, also looking at how they can be profitable and you know, make money. So a lot mm -hmm. of people don't uh, look at this angle of innovation. But if you look at that I can do something and also make some earning for myself in the process, it changes the mindset. Also. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to share about. Okay, good. Yeah, that, that was a very targeted answer. Yeah. So you, you're uh, building teams or you help company uh, doing that uh, moving forward in, in the learning. Uh, now you took a new role uh, with uh, Geo Platforms. I think it's a huge uh, company in, in India, um, which is focusing on, on digital learning also. And I think that's a very uh, interesting aspect also. We saw a lot of uh, well, the learning all went digital or went towards uh, e-learning um, what what is the, the biggest um, difference that you see or approach or challenges that you faced also when you figured out like the the face-to-face -face learning uh, was not possible anymore but you needed to go uh, digital via via zoom via webex something like this mm -hmm. yeah in fact you're doing that right now <laughs> yes uh, <you're laughs> yeah, correct. sitting in malaysia sitting in india but yeah i mean uh, that has changed the you know game uh, again as i said uh, uh, in a way, this was forced upon us. Yeah, but uh, if I go back, probably a few years, uh, you know, a couple of years back, uh, this opportunity existed, and uh, at least from India perspective, I can say a lot of uh, new startups and organizations have picked up education, you know, digital learning or education using technology, uh, very very seriously. Yeah, it so happened that uh, they had to solve the problem quickly in the last uh, you know few months. But uh, the process of innovating 
in the learning and education space had already begun, at least in a country like India. Yeah, because people realize uh, the traditional way of doing uh, learning uh, was not sufficient. You know, for, for a few reasons. One is you cannot scale it. Second is uh, in terms of the reach, we are not reaching the uh, every student or every uh, you know employee who is remote. And third, you are limited by the resources in terms of the, uh, the subject matter experts, you know, the coaches and the mentors. By using digital learning and by applying technology, uh, today I can learn someone like Pat who is in Malaysia. You know, I don't have mm -hmm. to really worry about uh, he being in India or you know when I'm sharing my knowledge with other people. I don't really worry about where I am. The physical boundaries have actually, you know, blurred in the process. That's very, very exciting thing in terms of digital learning. Second is, uh, I believe in both uh, open and uh, closed door innovation. Yeah. For the organization where I'm working, we do a lot of innovative things, innovative products and services. We are building all of them uh, today also. Mm -hmm. uh, that is in a closed, uh, you know, kind of environment wherein we have a specific team, you have a specific objective, and you have a product or solution to be built. What I'm also looking at parallelly is how do we do open innovation? You know? So mm -hmm. people from diverse backgrounds, diverse experiences, diverse industries uh, come together. You know, they do empathy, they do ideation, they do prototyping, and uh, they develop wonderful solutions. Now the need is more because in order to uh, innovate at a faster pace or rapidly, you also need a lot of people to also have the right mindset. Yeah? Instead of a few hundred or few thousand people doing it, what if a few crore or few you know, lakhs of people understand and do this? It will also create a lot of jobs you know, for other people in the future. Mm -hmm. so with that uh, objective in mind, I'm looking at both closed innovation as well as the open innovation. Okay, okay. Uh, that's a very good point. Basically, I want to just ask exactly that question. Uh, I came across this uh, open innovation. I, I wasn't sure about uh, what it is. So you're saying you just bring instead of like within the company, you're having the same people because they have the same ideas, same mindset. You probably bring together a diverse, uh, a, a more diverse team uh, from different countries, different backgrounds, different experience, and you let them innovate together. That is more the open innovation. That's right. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. That is interesting. How? How? how what is? The, what, how is your experience with that? How does this work out? Because that that is probably has different challenges when you're like in a virtual team than if you can just go to the whiteboard and draw it there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand. There are challenges, and uh, as I said, uh, in innovation, uh, particularly open innovation, uh, there are more challenges. Uh, but the kind of innovations that happen in an open uh, environment, uh, are, the results are amazing. You know, the happiness uh, is amazing. The satisfaction <laughs> of doing something different for a different you know, industry, different organization, or even in, for say uh, the, uh, the NGOs as they call them, you know, the uh, non-profit organizations. Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. They really, really uh, you know, embrace open innovation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that helps in uh, doing two things. Uh, one, if you are doing open innovation, your learning is fast-tracked because you're talking to a very diverse set of people from different backgrounds. And they help you uh, think broader in terms of the real problems and how you want to solve it. That also helps you in your closure innovations. 
back mm-hmm. in the you know work environment. Yeah, yeah. Because correct. the perspectives that you get in open innovation projects really, really helps you build as a person and uh, have more ideas, more solutions when you go back to work. Okay, yeah. interesting. That really, really helps. So, so use it jointly, right? So use it the uh, open innovation, also the feedback in the closed one in the team in-house. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. So uh, uh, maybe one of my uh, final questions I, I can address um, when we look at the innovation and we come back to the to the crisis, to the lockdown. Um, some companies were quite late, as we discussed before, in innovating. Uh, some companies figured out, okay, it should be an ongoing thing that we want to do, not only when we really uh, have to do it. Uh, some some countries are going into a second wave. Uh, some, like India, you just mentioned, still in a lockdown. When companies really want to start to be more efficient and optimize their innovation or their innovation capabilities, um, what is your top tips, like two, three top tips to them, where to start, how to set this up, how to work with them? Okay. I think very relevant question for the current, you know, uh, timing. Uh, the crisis that we are all going through, uh, but there are there are a few steps that uh, every organization, every individual, you know, can take. Uh, first is uh, uh, being curious. You know, uh, when you look at a current situation, you know, there are uh, a few hundred or few thousand ideas that can be picked up and we can solve the problem. If I look at say online education, all the children, uh, the school children in India, you know, are now sitting at home and doing online uh, you know, learning. Uh, they're forced, basically. The teachers who were teaching them in school uh, are sitting at home and doing you know, online teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, uh, the environment, everything has changed. That brings its own challenges. Yeah. Uh, that is one thing. Uh, uh, second is, uh, this opens up uh, kind of uh, uh, in a Pandora box. You know? uh, because... Uh, as you rightly, you know, pointed out, there are a few organizations who probably would do it well. There are a few which are lagging behind, and there are a few who probably would not even survive in you know, a few months from now. Mm-hmm. And the difference between all the three types of, uh, you know, companies, organizations is uh, uh, how fast, you know, you can uh, uh, innovate, how fast you can look at the problems around you, and how fast you can solve them. So being curious about what's happening around. And whether I can do something about it is very, very important. The second aspect, aspect of uh, that particular uh, opportunity is uh, to, uh, as I said earlier also, you know, look at, uh, is this something that I can be part of and I can solve? You know, not every problem can be solved by every individual. Yeah? I really have yeah. to you know, focus on uh, what's, what's something that I can do uh, to look at the specific problem and do I have the right uh, you know, knowledge right people and uh, you also need money right you also do need money yeah. to do innovation <laughs> do we have the right kind of uh, you know budget and uh, also do we have technology you know if i decide to do something uh, in a particular uh, you know situation whether i have the enough uh, technology available uh, enough money to invest and the right set of people mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah. that's very very important for people to you know understand you can take help you know people are willing to help uh, in innovation, you know, because ultimately it's for their benefit. But you also need to evaluate, you know, is this something for me? Can I take up all the problems, you know, faced by all the people and solve it myself? The answer is no. Yeah. So you really have to choose, you know, what's, what's the priority for you 
and where you can actually you know provide some help and the third thing very very important is uh you cannot be innovative uh, one day and you cannot be you know uh, living a legacy life the other day yeah mm-hmm. if you are thinking about being curious solving problems it's an ongoing process so the crisis will get over you will have some solution you'll have a vaccine for everyone to survive what happens after that do you go back to your old ways of working or do you still look at what if something like this happens next year mm-hmm. or maybe 5 or 10 years from now are we preparing ourselves you know to face a similar challenge and then not do innovation in a crisis but make it as a uh, more of a practice and right. build up okay awesome great perfect uh, thank you so much for those uh, tips i think they are really uh, helpful i hope uh, it helps uh, a lot of people that uh, listen to this uh, episode thank you so much for uh, sharing your experience uh, anush in uh, your uh, journey uh, across the world in your the trainings the training approach and uh, above all the the innovation i think that was uh, quite interesting to listen to that thank you so much uh, anush for your time my pleasure and thanks for hosting me and i'm sure people will find uh, some value you know from this uh, chat that we had absolutely yeah. thanks so much again and uh, uh, thanks to everyone uh, watching and supporting this uh, podcast uh, looking forward to a new episode next week uh, thank you stay safe and healthy see you then